Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Runner's World podcast, the weekly podcast bringing you all the latest running news, views and interviews. I'm Rick Pearson, the Runner's World section editor, and I'm here with the editor-in-chief, Andy Dixon. Andy, what have we got coming up on this week's episode? This week we're speaking with the amazing Jimmy Watkins. In his younger days, Jimmy represented Great Britain at the 800 metres, but gave it up for a career as a rock musician. He's now back running again. He says he's learned some important lessons along the way, and is looking forward to sharing them. Yeah, looking forward to speaking with Jimmy. I've been following him a little bit on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and he, he creates these very funny and very honest videos about his training and his life. Uh, and he's created something called Rock and Roll Running. Interesting. Yeah, it's his own brand of kind of uh, running with soul, I think. So it'd be interesting to hear a little bit more about uh, what, what what that is and, and his own kind of running journey. Let's welcome now our guest of the week. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone Could be an athlete Could be a physio Or a complete unknown Well, our guest this week combines running and rock and roll. Jimmy Watkins represented Great Britain at the 800 metres before pursuing a career as a rock musician. Having returned to running, he recently ran 34-38 at the Cardiff 10K and says he's fallen back in love with the sport. Jimmy, when I talked to you before, you said you were going to try and find a deserted chapel to speak with us. And is, this, is this where you are? I'm not. I'm in a deserted car. <laughs> <laughs> Near enough. Near enough. <laughs> the chapel was haunted, so I, I came to a car. I, I've never heard of a haunted car, so I figured I'd be okay. You're going to be safe. Let, yes. Let's start at the beginning. Some people are inspired to run by a parent or an athlete, but you were inspired to run by a locomotive. Tell us more. Yeah, it's, um, where, where I grew up in, in Trochi, in the Ronda, um, there used to be, it's turned into a supermarket now, but there used to be um, a load of playing fields that ran alongside the railway line. Right. And we, we used to just race. Every time a train came through, which was like every 15 minutes, we'd race it. And uh, that was, I, I beat all my friends, and that was the only thing I couldn't beat was the train. So. <laughs> <laughs> you might not have beaten that train, did you? but you did, you did get rather fast, didn't you? I mean, what what would you say was the kind of, your professional running highlight? Uh, probably, I mean, the obvious highlight would have been the final of the, the World Indoor 800 metres uh, out in Moscow. Um, that's definitely like, if, if I'm going to talk to someone about running, mm. that's the thing I'll mention. But like a personal highlight was there was one particular race in Kaunas in Lithuania where it was just one of those days where I just ran and it felt effortless, you know. Mm. I front run the whole race and it felt effortless. That That's my personal highlight. Because that's kind of 
for me that was what all the training was for to have a run like that. But when I talk to other people, I, I you've got you've got to drop in the fact you got to a world championship final. <laughs> you, just, you just drop that in there, like you know I had Paul McCartney playing bass in the song, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So despite despite that you had some successes that you've spoken about, you grew out of love with running. Why why was that? Um, it's, I don't know. It, it made sense to me at the time. As I was going through all the emotions, it made sense. But looking back on it now, I think a lot of it was a massive overreaction. Maybe like just youthful stubbornness. Um, maybe I just wasn't getting my own way, and I just that was my way of of reacting. Really, was to like walk away from the sport. But um, there was definitely a sense of uh, kind of being controlled, or people trying people trying to control you. Mm. Um, that 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 bothered me a little bit because I always I also run in as like just like a, a form of self-expression, and just other people trying to put put a limit on that, put a cap on that, just just bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think that that and it just became it just as you get better, the the sport just became a bit more strict, a bit more regimented. This is what you have to follow, and and that was a bit of a turn off for me. I was like 24 years old. I just wanted to have a good time. <laughs> and then, is that is that when kind of when music took over then, Jim? When you were about twenty four, and, and did it in some ways replace the thrill of of racing with you know with with performing? Yeah, it was kind of. I, I've always been into music anyway, um, and I was kind of. I spent a lot of downtime as an athlete, a lot of time at home just relaxing between sessions, and I've never been into like playing computer games or really watching TV. So yeah. I spent that time playing guitar, like first of all learning the guitar. Then I worked out I couldn't play other people's songs. I just I still can't do it. So I I was like I just started writing my own songs and it kind of I just became like I didn't become obsessed with it. It was just like a world that just opened up to me and and kind of it was enticing me. It was like this is a world with with no limits, no real rules. If you want to sing about I don't know if you want to sing about being abducted by aliens, you can do it. No one's going to tell you off for it. And yeah, right. It was just it was just so appealing compared to wake up and have an iron rich breakfast go for a 10 mile run nice and easy and watch your heart rate it was like <laughs> yeah. it was totally different worlds and because i was young i just got excited by um the one with no limits and no rules basically but you've enjoyed some some success with this gym as well as it isn't like a kind of you know someone goes into a band and it's a hobby like this was you've toured you've had like some hits like... yeah yeah we did um i mean we, we toured america we toured australia even though there's only like four places to go in Australia, um, <laughs> <laughs> we toured like Europe. Um, we played Red in the Leeds Festival. Um, we won uh, Welsh Welsh Album of the Year in 2012. Amazing. Which is like, which is, yeah, like in I think I think we beat the Manic Street Preachers. I don't know if off they won wow. of the year, before, yeah. but you know, up against bands that I loved as a kid. So um, yeah, we definitely had some success. Absolutely, this was all with a band called Future of the Left. Oh, I remember. I saw um, Future of the Left once. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, in, in London, actually. I'm not sure. I think it might have been just before you joined, maybe. I don't know. Maybe like 2000, it, 2008 or something like that. Oh, yeah, that was before me. I think I was 2010 I joined. So, I mean, they, they were my favourite band. So, um, Amazing, right? it was, yeah, it was it was just mad just being asked to join your favourite band. So, it was, that was like another another kind of dream come true as well. And when you were you you're now in the kind of rock and roll lifestyle, did you keep up running while you were on tour, or did it just completely fall away to the side? It, you start a tour and you run on the first day, 
<laughs> and you think, I'm going to keep this up, and then that would be pretty much it. You probably run on the last day because you know you were going back home to see everybody. So right. you kid yourself that one more run would make you look healthy, make <laughs> you look like make it look like you haven't been sleeping on floors and drinking beer. <laughs> so you probably start the tour with a run and end the tour with a run, and that, that'd be about it. How long were these tours? Um, a couple of weeks, I think. Like American one was maybe three weeks or something. Right. Uh, European ones usually about two weeks. Uh, UK ones about two weeks as well. So. A couple of weeks at a time. Yeah, and and you kind of fell out out of shape, I guess, Jimmy, with that, right? I mean, it's understandable with that that kind of not really running. How out of shape did you get, and how did that make you feel? Uh, I well, I've lost five stone this year. Oh my God, um, incredible! And, and I don't even think when I started in January, I don't even think that was the heaviest I've been. I joined the gym, and I was like going to the gym a little bit. I wasn't running, but I was doing some stuff in a gym. So I I definitely. I'd lost a little bit of weight, so um, I I felt like the human equivalent of a town centre when a <laughs> when a when a shopping centre opens up a mile away. I felt I felt like that. I felt like, <laughs> Great metaphor. I, just felt, I felt like all these abandoned doorways and um, haunted, terrified looking seagulls and stuff. That, <laughs> that's how I felt. Was there one particular moment when you thought, right, I've just I've got to get running again? Yeah, enough. it was. Yeah, it was it was two things basically. Um, one one thing was like I, I started seeing a physio because I was getting like just I was just aching all the time. So I, I saw this physio, and we were talking about like he's like what, what have you done sport wise before? And I explained to him, and then he he said oh you must have loads of stuff at home like pictures and I was like I haven't got anything in my house about running. I've got nothing there. Right. And he was like well stick a picture up at least put a picture up. So for my birthday my wife got me a framed photo of the start line from the World Indoor Champs and then there's like a really cool photo where I'm going through one of the laps and I'm, I'm in the front so it looks like I'm, I'm winning it it looks like I'm yeah, winning it for yeah, a yeah. second and she I didn't know my wife when I was on acid I, I met her through music and um, so she was like that you know it was cool for her to have that in the house it was cool for me to have it it was cool for a little boy to see it for sure yeah. recognized it was me. I put a photo of it on Facebook and someone sent me a link to the video of the race of the World World Indoor Final, and I'd yeah. never seen it. I'd run in it, but I'd never seen it. Right, and it was the first time I'd watched it, and it was nothing I can remember. Right? <laughs> I, you just created a little fiction in your head, and I was like, "This, this is not how I remember this race happening. It's, this yeah. is much more exciting." And I felt proud of it. You know, I yeah, felt, of course, like, oh, yeah. I, I, and, I and really, a bit less less painful yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, a lot less painful. Um, so I showed it to my wife, and it's a little bit where the camera the camera's on me, and they introduced me to the crowd. And I do like this smile. I just smile and, and do a wave. And she's like, ah, oh, see, you're, that is still you. I can see that that person there is still inside you now. Mm. And, and all of a sudden I saw, I hadn't, it seemed to me I hadn't put all his weight on. That wasn't the difference between me now and then. It wasn't the weight. It was like I just accumulated all these layers, all these like, this baggage. Mm. And I have been looking after myself. And at that moment I realized it was something that was easier to do. It wasn't just about losing weight. It was about just, working a way to to get back to how happy how fresh and how kind of youthful i felt then yeah and it was just it just felt like i had I'd accumulated all these like kind of negative experiences and they were just all on top of me like a weird moss or something <laughs> <laughs> that was the turning point just my wife saying he is like jimmy 2006 is still inside jimmy 2018 and i thought yeah 
wants you know, to break out. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I put Queen on and I want to break free. <laughs> so what were the what were the first few runs like when you started up again? Ah, uh, do you know what? So that was at the end of October. So at the end of October, I made up my mind I was going to get fit, but I didn't start straight away. I kind of wanted to spend another couple of months with unhealthy, slightly unhappy, overweight Jimmy. I wanted to spend some time with him because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get rid of you forever. But I'm not horrible. I'm going to spend some time with you and, and find some good points in you. And and I'm gonna, you can have a proper send off. So, <laughs> <laughs> we celebrated Christmas together, me and my, my, my useless self. We had a good Christmas together. And then New Year's Day, I was like, right, I left it to the last minute, 10 o'clock at night. I said, it's been good knowing you. I'm going to get rid of you now. And I, that, that's how I saw it. I just saw it as like, I felt like I was on a leaking rowing boat. And Jimmy 2006 was this lovely island in the distance. And I was just, I was on my way there. I was going there. And it was going to be choppy and rough. But I knew eventually it'd calm waters and I'd get there in the end. So I didn't compare myself to how I used to run. Mm. I, just, I just saw it. I know it's a cliche, but... I really just saw it as a journey. Yeah, and I, think, just, no, I think it's I think it's massively inspiring. You think that, and now what? So now we're looking at nine months on from then. Yeah, and you've run thirty-four, thirty-eight for a ten k. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just it's just it's just amazing. Like that's like that's a absolutely great time. Obviously, you're you've got you've got a lot of pedigree, but I mean that's that's a remarkable turnaround. You must be really proud of that. I was, yeah. Um, Apart from, like, when I crossed the line, I was so tired and dehydrated, I did a spit and nothing came out my mouth. That, <laughs> once, <laughs> once I got over the shock of that, I, I started feeling really happy. Um, and it was, I'm pretty sure it's a PB. I never really raced a 10K mm. back in the day, but we certainly did, like, 10K tempos, and we'd all be running in a group, and it would be hard. And I remember doing one years ago, 2006, 2007, and I ran, like, a 36-minute. And so, you know, I, I'd done a 34 and I, I felt okay doing it, which is, which is mad. Yeah. Mm. And I how, felt nice and relaxed all the way around. And how did you celebrate last night? Oh, I cooked uh, 30 pizzas at the two-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> that was extreme. That was wild for me. I've knocked the booze on the head and everything, so... So, so, you can, uh, so you've, you've gone completely kind of the, the athlete lifestyle in some senses? Um. Yeah. Yeah. On on paper, but def- yeah. definitely mentally, I'm not an athlete. <laughs> has it has it has your kind of return to running? Has it felt easy, or have there been kind of difficult parts to it? The the first the first two months were difficult. Um, only because I was like running everything as hard as I could because I thought that was the best way to do it. And like looking back, my training diary now is insane because my first run, right? My first run, it says, um, ten o'clock, went out for a five k, um, dressed up like I was someone walking a dog without a dog, in case I, in, in case I had to stop. Um, heel striking beautifully. And I was, I'm looking at going, when did I ever think it was okay to heel strike? Like, where, where does that come from? Um, so I kind of uh, realized I don't know anything about running. I just don't. Now I'm older. I really don't know anything about running. So I just got like a couple of books from the library. Bought a few running books. Read, read about, just read about it, and kind of taught myself. And one of the things I learned was to slow it right down. Um, and that that just made it so much easier. Running slower is just. I run slow five times a week, and I run fast two times a week. 
Yeah. And that's it. That's it. And it's just been, I've, I've run with loads of injuries. And I know if I was running hard, I would have had to stop running. But I've just run through so many niggles and stuff. It's just, it's been hard and easy at the same time. Because the pain has been hard, but each run itself has been, you know, has been relaxing and enjoyable. And you've been chronicling a lot of this stuff on um, on your Instagram page, Jimmy, as well. And lots of these really funny, really honest videos. Has that been an enjoyable process, kind of sharing this online and what is there a kind of message that you're trying to get out through your return to running yeah it's been you know it's been strange because for the past 10 years i've been trying to connect with as many people as possible through music and trying to, to trying to not go out the way to write stuff to connect with people but hoping that every time you put a song out it will people will pick up on it and they'll enjoy it and it's it's been okay you know it's okay it's grabbed your attention of maybe like five people on the internet <laughs> but just, just with this, it's like, there's no cost involved. I'm not booking a studio or anything. I'm not, you know, and it's, I've just bought a pair of daps and I've just run and I've just chatted rubbish and I've just put it out there and it was instant. It was like grabbing people's attention and mm. not, not attention, but it, people were, were relating to it and almost immediately after the first week. And it was kind of like that, that blew my mind a bit. I, I remember saying to my mates, like, I've spent so long like trying to write the best pop song ever or an yeah. amazing chorus. And I said, all of a sudden, I've done a run and I've just mentioned that I found it hard to run fast past a bin full of dog mess because <laughs> it was smelling so bad. And I've got like 50 comments or something. Yeah. So it's it's been that connection that's kept me going because um, I think I grew up, I grew up doing Britpop and you grew up at a time where music you felt was changing people's lives for the better. And, I try down my own music. I, I I don't know, maybe like one or two pe- people know the lyrics, but just with that, with the running, I can see it was affecting people and helping them, and it just it just dragged me along with them, really. You know, mm. it, it, they motivate me as much as I motivate them. Now. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You also mentioned that um, for you, running is a, creative thing a, a kind of performance How, can you just explain a bit more about that because i think a lot of people wouldn't associate running with with being a create creative act necessarily yeah um it's i read i read something um that again like i think 
you know, like, there's always a conflict between science and art, and people are like, oh, science will tell you where the atoms are going to arose, but poetry will explain the rose. Science ruins it. Mm. But I read, like, a little scientific study. I don't know where I picked it up, but about how when you get tired and you're running, just let your feet or your technique take over. Don't don't worry about keeping your form, because sometimes running tired and with, like, irregular footfalls and irregular landing is better for you. And I was like, that that's like, to me, that, I was like, that's quite cool. That's like like playing like a, a jazz riff or something. Just If you just make it up as you go along, you you keep on going. But you it's probably better for you. So, because I was slowing the running right down and teaching myself to run again, it felt like I was kind of learning in terms of music. I was like learning the scales again. I was mm. learning the basics. And I, I, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed experimenting out running. I try and run just on my toes for a bit. Then for a laugh, I'd heel strike to see how weird it felt. And it just felt like you were learning all these little scales and things. Just to, And then when it comes to a race, like yesterday, it just comes together beautifully. And it, it just feels like a little performance. It was, it was going through my head. Like, I was getting tired and I was thinking, like, don't worry about keeping the same, the perfect technique. Just just how your body wants to run. Just go with it. And I've seen some photos. You know, they tag you in photos. And they look, they look horrific. <laughs> they look horrific, right? But I just remember thinking, I know I'm falling to pieces, but I feel great doing it. I feel like I'm just running how my body needs to run now. And to me, that's create, being creative and just like a, a performance, uh, and a horrific performance. But it's, you know, I don't know. It, it feels creative to me. Yeah. You've, you've talked also about rock and roll running, Jimmy. And I wondered if you could tell us a few, maybe a few of the commandments of rock and roll running. If anyone's interested <laughs> in, in running like a rock and roller, how do you go about it? All right. <laughs> The number one commandment of rock and roll running, right, is get ready to go at any moment. Right. At any moment, right? It could be, like, my wife could be, she's got an hour before she goes to work and suddenly our boy, our two-year-old boy goes to sleep. It's like, right, you know what, I'm good to go and just get your kit on and go. Don't You don't have to prepare yourself. You just get out and just take it easy, build into it. It's like a gig. You you Like I, I mentioned to someone before that, you got a little niggle you've got can be like someone in the crowd who looks like they're not enjoying your band <laughs> and just just entertain that niggle give it what it wants until it's happy and it'll go away and that that's rock and roll running for me is like don't don't think about it just just get out there and go for it and you don't even need to you don't even need to warm up just go for it can we ask and, you about your um you like um cotton t-shirts for running in that's quite um yeah. goes against the grain i would imagine of, of most people's tastes when it comes to apparel <laughs> do you know what i love a cotton t-shirt and i love a jumper i love a woolen jumper um <laughs> i i just love it when you're running and you can feel your clothes getting heavier <laughs> it's like it's like re it's like re-entry or something if you've been to space <laughs> you can just feel the effort just covering you and i love it i yeah i I'm I'm not one for all the the high tech. I'll just I'll just chuck whatever on. Um, I did a run one one week in a shirt because it was after work. I got my <laughs> shirt. I just put a shirt on. I just went out running. I had my shorts on. I just I just thought I'm running a shirt. I can't find a t-shirt. Let's go. So I was actually inspired by this because I, I read about your love of the cotton t-shirt and saying how it's like it can become this sort of tapestry for your own effort. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I did it last night. Went out nine miles last night. Cotton t-shirt. I felt great. How did that work out? I just felt like I'm, I was in my own way doing some rock and roll running, Andy, and that felt good. <laughs> great. Rock on. Like, Join us. Join us. <laughs> it's it the, can look the... like the most disgusting tie-dye imaginable. 
just run in, <laughs> run in the cotton t-shirt and just like, oh, look at all that effort I've done. It's brilliant. And I, I, it's nice. Like, it's nice. I used to run in a cotton t-shirt anyway before. So yeah, I, bring I back cotton. Bring back cotton. Like the, the cotton yeah. comeback starts here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can you tell us a little bit about, because it's not as if, Jimmy, you've gone, right, I'm running now and I'm not doing music. You've got the Vega Bodegas, who are very good. And I'd like to play um, a little tune from the Vega Bodegas as well, Andy, because you're yeah. going to, you're gonna. This is, this is your kind of jam. Right. I sent you the right. heaviest one I have. Yeah. <laughs> so it's called, it's called Witchcraft, Jimmy, is that right? A Complete History of Witchcraft, Complete yeah. History of Witchcraft. Right, we're going to play that now. Yes, go on. Um, How do you feel after listening to that song? I'm in my cotton. I'm in my cotton t-shirt and I'm sweating buckets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're, you're so you're doing both, Jim. You got this. You got this. You know, 34, 38, 10k, and you got this. And this got this great band, the Vega Bodegas. How are you? How are you kind of doing both? And is, do you think it's compatible? Uh, I think right. Um, I don't think rock and roll and running are compatible. But I think this is really cheesy. But I think happiness and happiness are compatible. So if you're happy doing one thing and you're happy doing another thing, then there you are. It's done. It's instantly compatible. Yeah. So if you've got two kind of separate lifestyles, just find the, the good things from each of them that make you feel good. And then you, you can combine them. No problem. So like my favorite thing about writing with a band is probably the lyrics, because as everybody in the band, I'm probably the worst musician. I'm pretty basic. Um, so I can leave them write as much of the music as possible and I just go out and I think about lyrics when I'm running and I, I like, I don't listen to music at all when I'm out jogging. I just, I work on like the rhythm of words and, you know, and it's weird what, what, what gets thrown at you on a long run. You just suddenly come back with this weird word and I'm like, that's a cool word that, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example now, but you, you just experiment you just, mm. and in that way it's compatible, I think it's. Just, just finding things you like from both worlds and, and bringing them together. Yeah. But, um, like last week we played a festival and I got back at five in the morning, uh, and I didn't run. I did in that way that what running and rock and roll right, weren't yeah. compatible that day. I was just like it was impossible. Took a day off, but you know, yeah, it can be done. Anything can be done. Yeah, definitely. If you're passionate about both, you'll find a way of doing it, won't you? Yeah. Exactly. Sure. And the only pro- the only problem will come is if you're not really enjoying the rock and roll you're not really enjoying the running so mm. they're never going to fit together so yeah um tell us a bit more about this running punks website that you're launching right is that about to launch is that right it is yeah i believe it's launching today great um uh the second run of the year i did was another half marathon in internationally where i live now and after about six miles or so i made from school running uh we give each other a little high five because we kind of we went back on each other and we used to be in a band in school together. Right. So we just started chatting after the race, kept in touch on like on Facebook. Um, 
and we both had like we were both running for similar reasons really just to sort out a few a few mental niggles we had mm. <laughs> like yeah. a, a few a few knots in the mind that needed to be worked out and we were like well if it works for us it should work for other people in bands or mm. industries where kind of running doesn't fit in with the everyday lifestyle so we started this thing like a little idea called running punks and it's basically to get people in bands out there running if it's like after a sound check to do a quick 20 minute jog anything like that just yeah. just to break up the, the monotony of the, of the day and just add something add something different to your day that's great what's the um, what's the website address do you mean it's runningpunks.com easy easy enough to remember easy yeah yeah, yeah. so um, what we're doing is we, we've spoken to um, the organisers of a festival in Cardiff called Soon which is in October yeah. and they're going to have like a little running punks morning so all the bands will play in and invite invite you to come along in the morning and we'll take them for a little run great um, on the website eventually then we'll have like 5k loops 10k loops from different venues in the country so when when bands turn up like I used to say to like promoters where can I go for a run from this this venue and they you know most of them wouldn't have a clue so yeah. it'll be on the website and say look you can go for a 5k run from here here's a little map um, so yeah it's just to encourage people in, in industries where you don't run a lot just, just to get out there and and really feel the benefits of it. No, that sounds great. Mm, sounds amazing. Jimmy, thanks so much for uh, for making the time to, to come on the Runners World podcast. It's absolutely brilliant to talk to you about uh, no running and rock and roll and cotton t-shirts, of course. Yes. Yeah. Start. Come on, let's get more people running in a cotton t-shirt and, <laughs> and put some sweaty pictures up. I love it. It's not in a weird way. I just like seeing sweaty <laughs> Jimmy, thanks again. Thanks, Jimmy. No problem. Thanks a lot. Cheers. What a hero Jimmy is, isn't he? Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I could listen to him all day. You're enjoying his metaphor about being like an abandoned town. Yeah, <laughs> first time I've ever you know, heard someone compare themselves to an old shopping centre. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, what a good guy. Um, well worth following on, on Twitter and Instagram. We'll include the links in the show notes. Um, so Jimmy's going to be in the upcoming issue of Runner's World end of, out at the end of this month. Um, and also we're going to do an article on running hallucinations so this is a kind of sub sub genre i think that's the right word anyway it happens to vet people who do ultra marathons after a certain amount of time possibly through sleep deprivation and just general exhaustion but um it's pretty remarkable what some people see they've seen you know rows and rows of rotisserie chickens was one hallucination and <laughs> another person saw an imaginary lawnmower and was about to turn back and tell the organizers about this lawnmower this is on the top of a mountain uh when they saw another runner run straight through the lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> and realised it couldn't be true. But uh, is that, have you ever had any of these, you know, running hallucinations? Is it something that you can sort of comprehend? I can comprehend it, uh, Rick, for sure. Uh, I have only done one ultramarathon, that was with you, and it didn't involve go, running overnight or yeah, any sleep deprivation. Right. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. I've never been at that point where I've been so fatigued that my mind has started playing tricks on me, which is generally, as you mentioned, mm where these things happen it's after running for 12 or 24 hours yeah. um i mean i've you know i've fantasized in my mind about plenty of things generally a kind of cold pint of beer towards <laughs> yeah. the end of marathons but that's something different i think uh, the one the one kind of time i did think i was hallucinating was in the london marathon i was pacing the 5 hour pace group right. and um saw jesus uh, a barefoot Jesus carrying a, a big, like almost full-size wooden cross, 
um, and I blinked and actually it wasn't a hallucination yes. it was genuinely there yeah. happening and that was a pretty bizarre sight but as for real in quotes running hallucinations no thankfully thankfully not maybe when I go ultra um, do some bit longer ultras yeah. they'll, they'll how about you uh, no I, but I was really worried about it with um, the North Down stuff and um, I thought like if, I don't know if I would like so one of these people saw severed heads right and was just seemed to be like I know it's hallucination and it's fine. I don't know if I would be as cool as that. I think I might be. You'd I freak might sort of out. scream, <laughs> sort of DNF. Can you DNF through hallucinations? It's me- mental unraveling. Yeah. So I was, I was really, um, I was really worried about it. And I think maybe because for that reason, I was very much like trying to look very assertively at things and not kind of drift off. Focus, focus, being in the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I've read these things as well, and some of them are quite alarming. Um, so that combined with the kind of extreme fatigue, mm. I just don't know how I would react. To be honest, I, I yeah, think exactly. I'd be like you, and pro- possibly just like start howling. <laughs> go home, <laughs> howling, go home. Well, how would you react to these things? Have you experienced them yourself? Uh, let us know if you've experienced any ultra running hallucinations. Uh, podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. So there's no Kerry or Jane this week, so Rick and I are going to deliver the running news in their absence. Yeah, so uh, I'll start with, um, on last week's episode, we talked with Robbie Britton, who gave us a preview of, and uh, his predictions for the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc, which happened on the weekend. And I think he might be the best sporting psychic since Paul the Octopus. <laughs> you remember that like, octopus in the, in the World I'm, Cup? I'm cannily accurate. Unbelievable. Picked out uh, Courtney DeWalter, the, the US runner, in the women's race. He went on to win in 24 hours, 34 minutes and 26 seconds. And uh, Puka Pell... Uh, I hope I've pronounced that right, in the men's, who's also uh, triumphed in 20 hours, 19 minutes and 7 seconds. Capel, uh, who's Spanish, became the first non-French winner of the race since Kylian Journet uh, triumphed in 2011. Um, some really good British performances too. So Beth Pascal finished uh, fifth in the women's race and Tom Owens, in his debut at the distance, finished fourth. And just behind him was Andy Simmons in fifth. Uh, so brilliant stuff from the Brits. Amazing efforts all round. Um, on the roads, Alison Dixon became 50-kilometre world champion, covering the distance in a record-breaking three hours, seven minutes and 20 seconds. She beating the previous time that stood for 30 years. Wow. Amazing performance. A victory also helped Great Britain and Northern Ireland to win the women's team gold medal. Dixon has previously represented Team GB in the marathon, but this was her ultra-running debut. It does make you wonder what other Olympic marathoners like her could do if they stepped up to the ultra-distance, For sure. because uh, this was her first attempt. She made it look easy, although I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> um, and if that wasn't enough, she'll be attempting to break another world record next weekend of a slightly different hue, this will be the Guinness World Record for the fastest superhero to run a half marathon. She will be racing the Great North Run dressed as Wonder Woman. Oh, how appropriate. What an yeah. amazing, amazing effort. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad sort of fortnight's work, that, would it? <laughs> Two world records. Yeah, well very, done. very different. Um, so that brings us to the end of this week's uh, Runners World podcast. I'd like to say a huge thanks to our guest, Jimmy Watkins, and to Number 8 Studios in Soho, where this was recorded. For more news, reviews and interviews, and much, much more, head over to runnersworld.com forward slash UK. Please like and subscribe on iTunes and thanks to Acast, our hosting partner. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.